Welcome to Two Slices, a simple podcast with a couple of guys. I'm Sean. And I'm Roger. And we're here to serve you up our thoughts on what we're reading, what we're thinking, and what we're up to. Let's see where we go from here. Thanks for joining us for The Slice. All right, and welcome back to Two Slices. How you doing, Sean? Hey, Roger. Doing good, man. It feels so good to be back. Buddy, it's been a minute, hasn't it? It has. It's probably been what, like two weeks or so? Yeah, almost we, three almost three weeks on yeah. our podcast. So all of our listeners out there, sorry for the delay here. We were uh, kind of strategizing and a lot of things began to really uh, come into place. And uh, but we're so I, I tell you what, I, I love being in the booth again with you. <laughs> Seriously, know. it feels so good yep. to uh to, to be able to to be here and to share a little bit with you guys out there. Awesome. Well, we have an announcement. And so this is the last episode, not of the podcast, but of season one. Season one. Of Two Slices. That's right. So it's episode 12. Episode 12. And so this will be the last episode of season one. We're going to take a little break until the first of the year, probably sometime in January. We're going to launch season two and do another dozen episodes or so. Yep. Um, there's a potential for a maybe a surprise holiday edition. We'll That's see. Right. We'll That's see right. how Thanksgiving, Christmas goes. We'll probably have some stuff we want to talk about. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have enjoyed. We're getting a lot of great feedback about the about the podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoy the levity of it at times and. At the same time that we sometimes dive into subjects that maybe will be inspirational or, or helpful to you. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, we feel like we really got some footing this season, and uh, I think we're really excited about next season, too, and uh, to continue kind of some of our conversations and even bring in some new wrinkles occasionally. And, uh, man, it's been really, really fun. So but it's been it's great to be back. I feel like it's yes. been a minute. Yeah. So it's, it's great to be back. I feel like yeah. last time we spoke, we spoke about a bunch of things that were kind of open-ended. Uh, so, so, so let's yeah. start to bring some of those. Let's bring them in. Let's bring some of those. Yeah, let's now, close some circles. Before we get into that, though. All right. It is leaf apocalypse at the leg house. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, leaves everywhere. Now, you, we had this conversation. If you're an OG listener, like back episode one, two, three, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, we talked about how, like, you know, you kind of hit the le- you'll hit the leaves a couple times a week and you kind of try to stay on top of them and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm the guy that waits till they literally are six inches deep everywhere. <laughs> it has come upon me, my friend. So the mailman has to leave a note on the yes. door. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please let me walk through. Yes, and we're going to have amazing weather this weekend. So I'm very, I'm not excited, but I am excited to get the project over and done with. And yeah, I I hate it every year. What what's the most amount? So when you when you do leaves, do you bag them? Or, oh yeah. Okay, so what's the what like? Just curious, how many? What's the maximum amount probably, of bags you've done at one probably time? Probably not as many as you. No, no, I'm just, well <laughs> because you your house. So your house has a lot of trees, full grown trees so, everywhere. So we probably will do twenty bags. Woo! Eighteen to that's 20. a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I think the most I ever did in one go was eighteen. Yeah, but we let ours go until they're about <laughs> all on the ground. If we would only do like you know five or six bags at a time when they actually fall. Yeah. You know, now I've heard, and we're spending way too many times, way too much time on leaves, but I've heard you can just mulch them and they'll be fine. Yes and no. And, and the so right what, quantity, so, yes. Okay, so that's my you question. You can't just, if you just mulch everything, it's going to be a dust bowl for your neighbors. <laughs> it just creates all, like this, this cloud of dust. And uh, you don't want to overdo it because if you do, if you essentially just um, like basically lawnmower all of your leaves, 
it's kind of spits them out in smaller pieces, but essentially it just keeps all the leaves on the, I know on the grass. So, uh, the, you know, a light coating of leaves that you kind of just go through is right. totally kosher. It's actually good fertilizer. Okay. But if it's like, if it's like two, three leaves deep at that point, it's probably now, best now, to begin what the about, bag or burn them. What about a mulching blade with a bag on the mower? Yeah. No, that, that's a real to thing. To do them that way that's and then a real dump thing. them and then just yeah, dump them. Yeah, and just dump them because some will get mulched up and go back on the ground and others are going to go in that bag. So that's actually a great way to do it. So I, I'm thinking I might be able to cut it down to about eight or ten bags if I yeah, do that. Yeah, go so. through, mulch a couple bags, yeah. dump the bags, and then, yeah, we have to do the same thing. I did that through, I have a, I have a bag uh, on my mower that, that is a mulcher, and I went through about two weeks ago and probably did the equivalent of about five or six, like, of those uh, curbside bags right, of yeah. just emptying my lawnmower bag nice. into it. Nice. So, but now, it, it's like my maple tree fell. So now, it's just like now, crazy. Do you now. have the leaf shoot? Yes. Oh, isn't oh that, yes. Isn't that a game changer? It's a game changer. <laughs> it's a little bit, it can be a little frustrating to work with at first, but it's, for those of you who don't it, know, it's, it's like this contraption that keeps your big, tall, brown, like uh, lawn bags open. And it has a little shoot. And a little shoot. Oh, it's great. So do you put yours on the ground? Yeah, right on the ground. And just rake it in sort of thing or blow them in? Well, no, you mean the bag. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I put it up. Okay, I yeah. St I stand you it, up, it up. I let gravity compress them down, man. So what I've I've tried it every which way. I have not found a way that's better than the other. I've put it on the ground and then literally just shoved all the leaves in it <laughs> and then put it upright and smash it down and then put it back down. So... Yeah, to each their own. But we have our maple tree. We have a silver maple and oh, yeah. a big oak tree. Yeah. The oak tree falls much earlier, so the oak tree's almost all gone. But that maple tree, man, over the course of like three days last week, the leaves went from like light green to yellow to my to the ground. Yeah. And so they're all on the ground now too. Yeah. So yeah. And and for those of you out there, this is the this is the first week in November for us. And so it's oddly warm. It's like 75 today. I know. So it's I kind know. of a weird thing to do all this work and the trees yeah. are kind of bare, but it's like, it's, it's awesome, kind of though. spring, summer weather almost. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. Enough yeah. talking about leaves. Yes, I'm sorry. No more. Thank I you. De I derailed us. I apologize. Well, you know, next time we were going to pick up on this podcast, season two is going to going to drop and it's going to launch sometime in January. Uh, yeah. And so we won't even be talking about leaves for probably a year. So yeah. there, there it is. It's done. It'll be snow then. It's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude. Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings. Seasons are the season, season is complete. Season is over. Now you watched it all. Did you I watch watched it all? the whole thing? Okay. Now, now I gotta ask you. You were kind of like you I was know, getting bored. Is, you were getting bored. Yeah. Episodes three through five had me bored. Did did it pick up and help you? It did. Episode six was amazing. Episode seven was good, and then episode eight was, you know, the the real aha moments that you were waiting for. Um, but yeah, it did. I thought it was really good. I still stand by. They don't need to be 75 minutes each personally. I just yeah. like, okay. not, not for I those, think it's fair enough, yeah. not for three episodes where like really no, there's no time. forward movement yeah. in the plot. Yeah. So, so, so the long, the long form I like, I think it's a little too long, even for Tolkien. So one of the things that HBO does with their Game of Thrones series, which is like an adult fantasy deal. One of the things they do, which I think is smart is... No action, shorter than an hour episode, but when there's a big action battle sequence, oh. 70 minutes. When their production yes. money's in it. Yeah. Which, <laughs> right. which, which I, I agree the Lord of the Rings could, you know, how, uh, Rings of Power could do that as well. Now, yeah. Now, 
how spoiler do spoilery do we want to get? We can get pretty spoilery because the whole season ended a couple weeks ago. I, if you have not, if you have not watched it, turn us off right turn now. Turn us off right now. And turn come us back. off and then come back. Look what time yes. it is on your little. It's about on eight. The player. About eight minutes into the eight podcast. minutes in. Eight minutes in on the player. Yep. Go ahead, pause and revisit us later. Go ahead. So. I've come to terms with how I don't. The elves are just going to be the way the elves are. I'm okay. I, I, I remember mentioned, you saying I that they're much that more on, angelic in the in the yes, Tolkien in world. In the Tolkien world, they're less human. Yes, they're 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 surreal and their movement and all this stuff. So I've come to terms with how they're done in the in the films. I'm okay with that. I liked a lot. I liked the the formation of Mordor and all that. The creation of that. The the revelation. That uh, um, with the seal door and knowing that he's a callback to what's what's in the movies, all that's really great stuff. Um, I'm not so cool about the big baddie reveal at the end. I was a little cold on that. Yeah, me too. Okay, and and I'm like, so so for those of you that have seen it, and I'm assuming here we go, spoiler time. You better have turned this off, or you just don't care, which is fine. It's fine. So Sauron, <laughs> the bad guy, the, the the evil dude, the evil dude has been the companion mm-hmm. the whole time of yeah. um of, of um, Gladriel. Gladriel. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, why was he on a boat out in the middle of the ocean? Yeah. Why how did Sauron get out or do you think now I've heard it argued that it was the spirit of Sauron or that evil kind of crept in on him and over, but we saw no evidence of that. He played it cool the whole time. No, I think I think that that really was him. There, there, I think they want you to believe it really that was, was really him. was him. Yeah, and, I don't think and, it was an accident. And that he intentionally pulled Gladriel. I mean, he intentionally yeah, intervened. That, that's where like that's where sometimes storytelling loses me. Where like you're trying to weave too strong of a. Of a of a th- of a tapestry here, where right. it's like it's really hard to go back and look at from from episode like what two, one or two, when Gladriel and him meet as yeah. dr- drifters in the ocean. Yeah, that that was all perfectly sequenced and perfectly planned, right. and every step from there, knowing that she was somehow the linchpin to him right. getting. Yeah, it's just there's too much there for me to dive into and say yes to. It doesn't it doesn't take away from. The, the overall story for me, but it's like, if I pull that thread, I know I'm going to be disappointed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So, so I've just kind of tried not to think about it. And I, I have enjoyed the season as a whole, really, really like to see. It's been fun to be back in middle yes, earth, right? Yes. With a quality production, fun to be back there. I, I'm, I'm excited for the buildup of the battle and all that's going to happen. And we're going to get probably, I think, three more seasons, four more seasons. I think they said five total. Five total seasons, yeah. which will be great. Yeah. Hopefully they can have they have enough material to do five seasons and, and it doesn't get really thin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought so. I thought that the the episode six and episode eight were good. I just think there weren't enough payoff for the other episodes. If I'm going to be honest, I think that they they're the showrunners. Actually, I saw uh, an article um, where they they're listening to feedback a lot, and that they're going to try to adjust some stuff. Okay. Because I think there's some purists out there that are upset about it. And then there's like the consumer that isn't a, a Tolkien purist that like is just sort of like wait what like it was just kind of like so slow and then and then all these kind of like like aces up your sleeves at the end and these little twists and turns that i think were were overall i didn't mind them but the slow build it just slow cooked were way too slow right 
Right. Way too slow. One of the things that made the the original Lord of the Rings films, the Peter Jackson films, so popular also offended the purists because they said, yeah. these are not really Lord of the Rings films. These are action adventures that tell the Lord of the Rings story. You'll never, you never satisfy the purists. Yeah. You and, just can't. And, and Peter Jackson and, and his wife, partner Fran, that they wrote them that way intentionally. They knew if they told a accurate retelling, the, the story beats are the it same. It wouldn't be a good movie. But it wouldn't be a good movie. Yeah. You have to be able to draw the populace in. You have to adapt it into yes, a screenplay. you have to adapt it. Yeah. And he did a great job of that. I thought they were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so I hope they lean a little more action-oriented. I think so, too. I hope they lean into the Peter Jackson model. A little more quicker in, in the progression of the narrative. Yes. So... The, the, I will say this, a couple takeaways. One, great, high production value, fun. To, it was really fun to Rachel and I. We look forward to our Friday nights yeah. and watching yeah. it. We really did. Like, it really kind of was a throwback to, like, to like my youth when, like, that was a thing. Like, you would look forward to, like, oh, your yeah. favorite show as a... As, as a kid or as a young adult, it was only once a week, you know? So that was really fun. The production value was awesome. Some of the characters were good, and some of them, honestly, just didn't land well. Um, I think that some were underplayed. Everyone's going to have their opinions. I think that the dwarfs definitely were underplayed because they were awesome. They were my favorite oh, yeah. part of the whole yeah. thing. I uh, was Durin, and I loved his yeah. character. I loved the actor who played him. He was funny. He was likable. But Great. he was also sort of like rough like a dwarf. Yes. And so I thought he was – I thought that was awesome. I liked the chemistry between him and uh, – uh, what was the, the, the elf's uh, Elrond. name? Elrond. Elrond. I thought yes. the chemistry was yes. good. Um, I really thought that the Gandalf reveal was uh, – um, how do I say this? Like – really really good i, th I felt mm -hmm. like it was overall like a great way to well, introduce well, gandalf to yes. being like so favorable towards hobbits yes and so and so at the same time this is where they hit to the heart of what tolkien is all about okay so you have these evil witches this evil presence and they think they have found sauron they think they found the, the evil one yeah you know yeah. and they're all excited and evil thinks it has won and then they realize, oh no, this, right. this is not evil. He's not. He's the other one. The, he's the other one. I love how they said that. Oh, that was. So, I thought that was really that, good. That was so good. I was getting chills. I was like, yeah, yeah. You're about to experience. Oh, I'm just so totally blowing this, the mics away here. Sorry. I'll lean back. It was just incredible. I don't know. I loved that part. Um, we'll see w where they go with it, but it's just so nice and because it's Tolkien's world. That we have black and white, <laughs> we have, we have good and bad, you know. We ha more distinguishable lines, and and that truth and light and good will prevail. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so just there were so definitely some Easter eggs in the last like oh, yeah. three episodes. Just talking about like even Galadriel when Sauron offered her basically like his hand <laughs> yeah. to be and and you know he they use the language that's in Fellowship of the Ring. When uh -huh. she was, when Frodo offered her the ring, she used the same language. Like you would yeah. get, you know, a terrible queen, you know, and, and as strong as the foundations of the, and that's exactly yeah. what he, they said to her. 
Sauron, yeah. and I don't know if you caught that with Galadriel, but I did not. That's excellent. I'll have to go back and watch. No, it. it's actually amazing. What she quotes later when Frodo offers yeah. her the ring, she's like, "You would get a queen, like I said, like as strong as the seas." Oh the yeah. Fun. She. It's exactly what Sauron told her on that little yeah. when he got into her head in episode eight. Yeah. So it was really cool, but but, but it, fun. I'll watch the next yeah. for sure. Like it's got me oh, watching. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm totally gonna watch absolutely. it. You know, of course, there's things that you're not gonna. It's not a Peter Jackson Middle no. Earth, and no. it's it's uh it's definitely a, a unique take on things. So hey, if they button it up a little bit, get it a little bit more moving. I don't mind being 70 minutes. <laughs> I mind 70 minutes of not much movement. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it was so good. Yep. That's gonna wrap it up for. Rings of power. Yeah, no more for a while. No more leaves. Now, no more rings of power. Now here we are. Knock these out. We got to We got to button up the whole barbecue smoking saga. Yes. Okay. Y- you've had some trials and tribulations. So many. You know, sometimes you have to persevere in life. Sometimes you just got. <laughs> this is this is a testimony. This was a te- this is a this, testimony. This so is your test. That's my leading to your testimony. Has arrived. <laughs> my smoker. I had. I assembled it. Uh, it is awesome. I did what's called uh, a seasoned smoker. So I seasoned it. Your first smoke is called a seasoning. Yeah. And uh, you basically just burn uh, without cooking anything. And it went really well. I did uh, charcoal and hickory as the seasoning. Nice. Um, And I have a brisket that I'm going to be rolling out here this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, super excited. Super excited. And in the middle of all that, I actually renovated my garage. (laughs) <laughs> it was just an opportune of co- time. Of course you did, so, John. <laughs> so I did like flooring. Um, uh, we're actually going to paint it here in the next like couple days. Uh, just a bunch of stuff. I, I have an industrial. Okay, so the people who the the original owners of, of the house I live in it's a it's an old it's an older ranch, and it's awesome. I just love it. It's kind of like a modern mid century fifties ranch. Just totally love my house. Been there for a while. And I've renovated every room except for the garage. Well, in the garage is this, you know, those um, those ceiling mounted heaters where, yeah. where like you'll, you would see the, like an industrial heater right. that kind of hangs yeah. from the ceiling. This thing, I've never turned it on before. Well, I was like, well, if we're going to be in the garage a little bit more, I'm putting flooring down. I got some cabinets, put them all up. Like... We're gonna. I'm making this like a space, a real usable space. I need that heater work in that for the winter. So, uh, so I had it looked at, and I, I was able to look at it with this guy. It's forty thousand BTUs. So just so for all of us out there, a typical like house furnace is like eighty thousand BTUs. I got a forty thousand BTU yeah. gas powered heater in my garage nice. for a two car garage. Nice. So put a new thermostat on it. I got it up and running. Dude, I got it on a schedule. It is roasty, toasty in my garage now anytime I wanted to. So so walk me through for us barbecue aficionados. How's how, what is the flow, the layout? Like, where's your smoker in relationship to the garage, and and how do you perceive? Because a brisket is a long cook, you know. It's a long cook. So, so you got it's a commitment. You, you know, you, it's a commitment, and so so. Got to commit. What's the relationship with your smoker to the garage and your workflow area? So my smoker is right. So my I have a um, attached garage, and I have a door from my garage that goes to my back patio. Okay. And so the grill and the smoker are just outside of my garage door to the back patio. Nice. So I've got a great setup. Um, I have four thermometers, you know, on one unit. 
So I can have uh, thermometers in me as well as in the actual smoker to co- be constantly aware of the, the temperatures, which is huge. And so then what are you doing in your garage to make it more usable? Oh, dude. I've got a brand <laughs> new workbench I, I put together. Okay, now huge, we're talking. Awesome workbench with a light over it. Nice. Super cool. Nice. Um, I, I put flooring down so it had uh, concrete floors that were just old. I mean, they were they were just old, basically. Right. Yeah. If you really wanted to walk on them, though, you'd want to refinish them. They're just right. old concrete, right? Nothing special. They're not like sure. crumbling, but they're just old. And, and uh, so I actually thought about getting it, it basically professionally finished. It's like an epoxy type of thing. Sure. Um, it's just it's just a lot of money. But more importantly, it's also not what I wanted. I know that sounds weird. It wouldn't be what I wanted. There's just kind of limitation on what you can do with a garage floor. So I had on one side of my garage already a bunch of like workout stuff, like a, a pull-up bar. And I right. have these uh, four, four by six foot mats that nice. are three quarter inch thick. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They, weigh, they weigh 95 pounds each. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like super industrial. And they have like the, uh, the diamond like top to it, like the diamond marks or whatever. So it's like yep. little traction. Well, I've had those for like two years with the little CrossFit setup in the gym or in the garage. So I was, I was looking at those and I was like, you know, I actually should just outfit the whole place with those. So I was able to find a vendor up in Delaware. So for those of you who aren't from this area, it's like 25 minutes, 30 minutes north of here that, that had the exact same ones, exact same ones, four <laughs> by six foot, three quarter inch thick, 95 pounds each for $35 each. Oh my gosh. So what I did was I just outfitted the whole garage with that. And okay. so now, and we go out to our, we have a garage fridge that is like mainly for frozen food, like a freezer and it's a beverage fridge. So I don't know about you, Roger, but I, I'm into beverages. I love different beverages. <laughs> I love different kinds of beverages. That's so awesome. I actually have in my garage, in my garage fridge, um, spring loaded shelves for beverages. <laughs> So like you put cans or whatever you want in and it spring loads the next one forward like like it would at, a, at like a gas station. That's awesome, dude. So I got it. so so me so that that fridge uh is used all the time. Dude, I'm in there all the time. Oh, yeah. Now we have a really easy surface that easily mops up, now, super clean, awesome. Can you still pull a vehicle into the garage? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're industrial. So, so you th- can pull those onto those. Yeah, vehicles. totally. So we plan on parking uh at least one or both of our vehicles in there. Wow. So it's awesome. There's lots of room. Uh, totally industrial, like almost, like they're almost indestructible. They they weigh, I'm not kidding, like just under a hundred pounds. So these things don't move and I have them all, you know, all the seams are lined up nice. and uh, easy to mop. They mop up like that. It's awesome. We can That's work awesome. out on if we wanted to. Um, and the last thing I'll say about my garage is this, we went through a journey. I'll just say this because it's, it was crazy. Okay. Uh, Rachel, Rachel runs like one or uh, two days a week and, uh, she wanted to continue to run for the winter. And so I was like, all right, well, what if we, what if we invested in it? What if we got a treadmill? Because that way you could use it raining or, or, you know, uh, in the winter time. And so she, we both felt like good about that. And she also keeps feeling like God keeps telling her to jog. Like, it's just one of these little words that comes up all the time. And Rachel actually is like a pretty active person. Yeah. Like no, she, yeah. like five yeah. days a week, she exercises. Sure. But now she's like, okay, Lord, like I got a jog. So she does a little extra jogging every now and then. And, uh, but wants to really be committed to it. So long story short, I find it, I find this awesome used treadmill. Okay. Used treadmill, uh, from this family up in, um, 
in New Albany area. Right. And so I connect with them and they're like, yeah, we're moving. We're moving out to Arizona. We just have this in our basement. We really don't use it. Okay, great. Hey, I'll take it off your hands. They're like, that'd be awesome. So we go up there and uh, I go to get it and bring my truck and everything. Go in there. This thing is a beast. <laughs> this thing, they didn't provide like great photos or anything, like, but they explained it to me and I was like, okay, cool. So I went up, checked it out. That's awesome. It's like a commercial treadmill, right? So it's like, it has this, it's really nice. Like, it's really nice. It has like an iPad screen. Like, it's crazy, <laughs> right? And so they gave me a That's great awesome. deal on it. It's awesome, gently used. Well, let me tell you, it was in their basement and their basement has stairs that has oh, a landing no. and then yes. all everything goes to like the, the right. Oh no. So now I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if I can make, I don't know if I can get this thing out of here. And they looked at me, they're like, yeah, there's no way you're getting this thing out of here. That's that's like what they said. So Rachel's with me because we went to go pick it up. I was like, Rachel, I don't think that you can pick this up with me because it's really heavy. We tried, no way. I later found out, I looked online, it weighs 260 pounds. <laughs> so I had a I had to go back later on that that night uh, with my brother-in-law who was willing to do it. We went back and I had to bring, I had to bring, uh, 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 tool bags like we had to disassemble it yeah so we had yep. to disassemble this thing and then awkwardly carry it up these stairs like like half disassembled and it was still huge and hard to move oh, yeah. and 260 pounds it was just crazy so but uh but we got it in and so now we got a treadmill in a garage too awesome yeah and that's the place the treadmill should be anyway. Yeah, because we, we were going to put it in the basement, but the thing's 260 pounds. No way. Yeah. Dude, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided not to. <laughs> well, that is awesome. And so good luck because you have to have a garage space or somewhere warm to be able to get quick access to your smoker. Yeah. You, in January when you're smoking, right. you're, you got your brisket on and it's eight degrees. You got to be able to, you know, come in that come warm in. place real fast. Yeah. Stay, now, stay close to it. You got to spray a, it. Do you have like a visual or you got the thermometers, right? I have the thermometers. Yeah. Yeah. Like the wireless ones or I don't have a camera set up on or anything, okay. but yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm super pumped and uh, uh, I can't wait can't to, hear wait to come it. back in season two and tell and you guys about some smoking stories. I, I think it's going to go great and you're going to love it. But if it goes really sideways, it just happens. It just happens. You just got to realize yeah. it happens. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome though. All right, my friend. So what else, what else is happening as we kind of, as we work through tying our loose ends up on this podcast? Well, you know, I don't know if people know, I don't know if you shared this on here or not. And if you don't want to, we'll edit this out, but, okay. <laughs> but you're in a master's program. Yes. And yeah. so you're doing a master's program right now. And so I know your world got real full, real fast. <laughs> yes, of did. course, for those of you who are tracking a little bit, uh, Roger, his daughter's also getting married here. Yes. So he's, running and planning and uh, doing all the stuff for his wedding and cutting checks. And that's just how that goes. And so, uh, so you're coming up on a pretty big kind of crescendo moment too, of, uh, of being able to, uh, to, to, to finish that and, and have yes. your, your, the wedding of uh, your daughter's dreams. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. Loving the master's program. Um, and we're about eight, nine days out from my daughter's wedding. So that's great. Uh, that'd be a huge hurdle, yeah. you know, get in a good way, not a hurdle in a bad way at all. In a yeah. good way, yeah. a, a great, um, uh, momentous kind of moment. We're going to do, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do kind of like a father's blessing over, Very cool. uh, over Torian and, uh, and Wes, her fiance. And 
uh, Jim, hmm. the, the actually Jim, who's doing the service, who's Wesley's dad, is a pastor and stuff as well. He asked me just to do the to write the whole thing and do the whole thing for the for that part of it, and so I was really able by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to talk about how important it is to to have ceremony and to bless and to speak blessing. You know, hmm. I thought about. I thought about Jacob in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all spoke blessing over their children. Hmm, like intentionally. Yeah, intentionally had a, had a hmm. time of speaking blessing. And then in Genesis 49, when, when, when Jacob, he spoke a blessing over all 12 of his sons and all of his children, that really set the course not only for their destiny, but for the whole rest of the Old Testament, how it would turn out, how wow. it would be shaped. And so I was able to bring some of those elements of where I'm going to speak about blessing over their lives as a couple, and then I'm going to speak blessing over Tori individually, Jim's going to speak blessing over Wesley individually, and then we're just going to pray over them and, and release them into their marriage and ministry yeah. that God has for them. Well, I'm sure you have a lot on this, but could you like um, give me give me a little bit of something about the power of blessing like that? So so So... Ceremony is such a big thing, you know, because you need to mark moments of accomplishment, mark moments of transition, mark moments of life. Mm. Um, when my son Zach turned eighteen, I had a I had a a manhood ceremony for him, and I went out and got this awesome, awesome Scottish claymore, not a sword, you know. And I literally just told him, I just affirmed how proud I was of him how awesome he was and that he didn't have to go through the battles and journeys of life alone, that I would stand beside him, those mm -hmm. kind of thing, but that he was well-equipped and able mm -hmm. and he had what it takes. Because really the greatest question every young man asks himself, it starts at about age 13. When you start to get into your early preteen years is really the greatest question is, do I have what it takes, hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I, I actually started to affirm Zach about that age. I would take time and talk to him and say, you do have what it takes and you are well able and, and what you lack, God will provide, Wow. you know? And so we had this big ceremony for Zach. And then now we're going to do something similar for Tori at her wedding because wow. we want to mark that moment. Yeah. And so I'm going to, we're going to speak blessing into their lives in all five realms of life. We're going to speak blessing spiritually, mentally, physically, socially, and financially. Mm. Wow. All the realms that they exist, we're going wow. to speak into those and say, you will be blessed. And this is what we're going to speak over you. Why do you think it's important? Why do you think that that's God's design, as we see, as you mentioned those passages in the scriptures? So I think it's important because when the children of Israel passed over the Jordan, they set up these stones and they stacked them up, and the and, and then God told them, "I want you to do this because your kids are one day going to say, why did the why are these stones here?'" Hmm. And, you, and then you can remind them, this is the day I brought you through the Jordan and I delivered you into the promised land. So we take that time to mark that moment. See, they're already, they already have the Father's blessing, God's, yeah, right? Yeah. That blessing's already on their lives. Mm -hmm. But we take this moment to mark their lives so that they can look back. Or, if, or if, if we're just out and about and they're having a hard time, I can say, well, just remember, hmm. you have the blessing of the Lord upon your life. You know, and we can call back to that moment to say, remember when God launched you guys as a couple, because hmm. they're going to have tough times. 
<laughs> I mean, what marriage hasn't ever had a, had yeah. rocky times, you know? They're going to have those tough times, times wow. where they question their vocation, their calling, what God's pushing them to do. Yeah. And I just want this to be a marking moment so that they have something to you know, to draw from. So good. And we see that all through the Bible, right? Remember when David was in his lowest point and he was on the run from Saul and all this thing. And he went in, I forget where it is in the old Testament, but he went back into the cave and he, he saw the sword of Goliath. He saw the sword that he had cut. Goli and so God calls That's him right. to remember that time where he was conquerous and victorious, even mm. though at the moment he felt as low he as defeated. he could be, yeah. totally defeated. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where that's where we talk about um, David strengthening himself in the Lord. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's interesting, too, when it comes to the the power of words, you know, the power of intentional words. Yes. You know, the Bible says things like, um, you know, life and death is in the tongue, that it's a powerful weapon that we can use for creation or destruction. Right. And I think that there, I heard this and I, this is something that I, I think is really good. So when, when it comes to the power of words, it's not just like words of affirmation. It's not, it's, th this isn't just a, a little gift that kind of feels good sometimes. It's actually the power of creation. Yes. Cause God spoke everything into existence. Yeah. And as followers of Jesus, we actually have an opportunity to be like God. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. Yeah. Be, do all the stuff that you see God right. do. Be imitators of God. Yeah. Be imitators of Jesus. Be, be partners with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that constantly happens if we read the scriptures, we see God speaking things into existence, speaking, speaking something that changed the outcome. Jesus would say things like, be healed. Right. We see God saying, let there be yep. light, let there be, you fill in yeah. the blank. And, and so there's something powerful about, even in those moments, Roger, I imagine like when I hear things like that, I imagine like speaking things out and you're literally creating it all, sometimes in seed form yeah. for it to grow so that if, if and when the enemy comes, they'd actually have something that's already grown. Yes. There you go. That you can't steal a seed yep. if there's a tree out front. Yep. And, and you know, we, we I've teased this out, and one of these days I'll just I'll I'll teach on this or whatever. But when the children of Israel were in a desert place, and they were going from Egypt, where they were in bondage, on their journey to the Promised Land, forty years, forty-two stops, and every one of those stops there was a provision already there. Like when they came, when, when they they came to the waters of Mara that were bitter and they couldn't drink it. God said, "Take the tree that's already been planted there, that's now grown." and put it in the water. And when the tree goes into the water, the water will become sweet and you'll be able to partake of it. Right? The mm -hmm. tree was already there. When, when you see Abraham taking his son Isaac up on the mountain to be sacrificed, the whole time they're walking up that mountain, there's a ram coming up the other side. The provision's already there. <laughs> and so that's the power wow. of of planting that seed there. You know, Every morning when the children of Israel woke up, there was manna on the ground. Already, their food was already provided for them, mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, I you could go, you could go on and on. It, it, it's 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 about marking that moment, speaking firmly who they are, you know. And it and it, you know, it won't it won't be something more than probably three minutes we do at the wedding, but hopefully it will mark that moment for them, and they'll remember that, and they can call back on it the rest of their life. Yeah. 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 Think about think about things in our, in your life too that were almost felt passing that oh, you recall. 
Yeah. You know, those marking moments. So good. Absolutely. Well, I don't know, how far in are we? Uh, we got a little time. We're about 35 minutes in. Well, what I was going to say is, uh, hey, maybe that's a great thing that we can we can apply and practice here, you know, yeah. especially for those of you out there that might be spending time with family here soon, you know, for Thanksgiving or uh, for Christmas or, you know, getting around family you don't normally see. I think there's something powerful about being intentional with our words. And so, so this is something I like talk to the Lord about a lot wow. is, Lord, put a gate on my mouth. <clears throat> Just put a gate on my mouth, Lord, yeah. because there is power in in my tongue. Yes. So put a gate on that thing because it is if you if you're not using it intentionally or wisely or with prudence and restraint, and also just with partnership with Jesus. That's so good, Sean. Man, it's really you can get yeah. really messy really fast. Yeah, things can get muddy quick. So I say all that because I think it's a good word for us to all you guys listening. Uh, me and me and you, Roger is, uh, man, what would it look like if we were really intentional uh, over this next six, seven weeks of releasing uh, blessing from our mouths to those around us? Things like, things like, I love you. Things like, hey, I just want you to know I really am proud of you. Things like, hey, yeah. I saw you do that, and I never got a chance to tell you how it impacted yep. me. What if that that uncle, that cousin, that brother, that 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 person at the Thanksgiving dinner table who maybe usually grades you the wrong way, what if you stepped into that situation and began to speak positively right to them and over them? Yeah. Oh, I'll just throw out it, you know, oh, Uncle Joe, I love how committed you are to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so, it's really cool. Really you know? cool. I love that. You know, and, and so, so it, it just doing that or, you know, hey, 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 Cousin Sally, it, it's, it, it's so great that you, we get to see you every year. I'm so thankful that you're committed to coming and being a part of this. That's right. And you know, it's and, not and, just and, and you just and and, and it, you're not. It's not like you're lying to you. Are, be you should be that way. Right. You know. Right. And you know, it's not just to be nice. It's not just to, for people to like you. It's actually imagine that you are sowing something that's going to grow. Yeah. That when you're doing that, you're sowing them. You're 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 beginning to show them who they are from your words, not who they are from their experience. Yes, yes. So things like, hey, I'm really proud of you. I know that was a really hard season yep. you just went through. Way to go. All yes. of a sudden, you're, you're actually sowing into them strength. Yep. And I've had people do this to me. I'm like, have you ever had someone treat you better than you felt like you should be treated? You're like, no, I like, a, I kind of objectively failed. Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do well on the test or fill in the blank, you know? Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. it's like someone just treats you higher than you might even see yourself. Yeah. So yeah. there's something really awesome about yeah. being able to use the greatest weapon that we see in the scriptures given to man is using our words in partnership with the Lord. Yes. Really, really cool stuff. So I'm sure we could talk a lot about that, but yeah, I really, I mean, I can't wait to hear how it goes and, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that we'll bring you guys up to speed and a little touch point uh, in season two yeah. as how this wedding goes. But I'm sure the blessing thing is going to uh, be so be awesome, great. man. Yeah. Well, so just remember, man, if God used words, Hebrews tells us God used words to frame the world. Maybe we can use words to frame our world around us. Yeah. You know, so I, I, it's so good, Sean. I just want to encourage our listeners to to step out and use your words and encourage those around you. And maybe you can shape the world in a way that it needs to be, you know? Yeah, I like it. 
Absolutely. I like it. Well, All guys, right. be be on the lookout. We might sneak in an episode here of uh, in the holiday season. So, but uh, if not, just just we will be back season two. Can't wait. Uh, we got a couple things in the hopper that uh, we're going to be able to develop, and yes. can't wait to spend some more time with you guys. So, if you've liked us, if you've if this has been a value to you, listened to any of these, hey, we ask that maybe follow us on Facebook. It just helps more people get connected to it. Yeah. Uh, it's just something we feel like we have uh, an opportunity to to impact people's lives. Yep. If, if uh, tell we people about us, yeah, tell people about they us. They can and... go back and listen to these twelve episodes. Totally, you know? totally. And then by the time they do that, it'll be January. Boom. Bam, we'll be back with the new season, season two. (laughs) All right, man, we'll see you guys next time. See ya.